0: Blessings, Quantum family. It's Jules, and I have the honor to have Karen Swan with us today. So I am going to just let you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Welcome.
1: Jules, it's so beautiful to be with you again. I had Jules on my show last week, actually, just uploaded it, and she's just blown me away. I was just saying to Jules... I'm feeling the little me, the ego me is feeling a little bit inferior because of the information that Jules is bringing through to the world. And uh, my guidance said, "Ah, that inferiority, just push that out of the way and let us take over. Tell tell a little bit about myself. Well, uh, we were just discussing my name because a lot of people call me Karen, which is a very common name. And I was telling Jules that my mother was really insistent that people call me Karen. And I was talking about the history of that, like South Africans pronounce the hard A and Norwegians and uh, Scandinavians pronounce the hard A, the car. And she was very insistent when I was a kid that people call me Karen, which upset me to no end because people would say, what's the kid's name, Carol, Karen? She'd go, no, Karen, and she would make the car sound like as in car, brum, brum. And that used to embarrass me to no end. But then when I grew up, I asked my guides and I realised I had guidance, like what's this whole, why was she so insistent? And they talk about the frequency of sound. And when you use that hard A, it creates a different resonance, it creates a different frequency, it has a different uh, effect throughout your body than the smaller A. And also, they showed me that the Egyptians, which I spent many lifetimes in Egypt and this uh, on this planet, used to call the soul the car body, pronounced K-A, and which is the part of us that incarnates into other physical experiences. It's the part of us that pops into all these different physical experiences are here and on other planets, not the sort of higher self aspect, but what they call the soul. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. So Jules was just saying, oh, that's why you have the capital A in your name. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly why. So people ask, what's your name? How do you pronounce it? <laughs> it's interesting how how resonance happens with like how we're sounding, how we're speaking, isn't it, Jules? It has has a different um, effect on on the world really and on, on, on your physical body so a little bit about me long story I've been on the planet for quite some time mum dies when I am a young teenager so she was sick for about five years with cancer I saw her suffer I saw her go from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor looking for what was wrong with her and getting misdiagnosis after misdiagnosis then they opened her up did an operation a bit like you Jules they said let's have a look They opened her up. She was riddled with cancer at this stage. They closed her and they said, go home and get your, you know, sort out your life because you're going to die. She had young kids at the time. So it's interesting. I remember having this discussion with someone I worked with years ago. People that are diagnosed with cancer that severe when they're they're older and their children are grown usually kind of take a few weeks and then they pop up. They're out of here. But with mum, she had these young children, and I think she felt guilty leaving them behind. So she spent about two years just suffering it's so funny she wasn't any she wasn't really being a mother to us she was just in suffering and step but stayed on the planet I think that guilt kept her here like I can't die I've got these children I need to look after oh makes me want to cry Mm -hmm. and but that was a great segue lesson introduction into healing and health and mindset like Why was mum so unhappy and why did she get sick? So, so many questions were sparked from her journey because I came here as a teacher and, you know, as we're playing in the matrix or as we're playing in this third dimensional, we sort of bump up against the contrast which sparks those questions in us to follow different paths and look down different avenues, just like your story, like everyone I've spoken to. So I've got I should say tell people I've got a podcast show called Accentuate the Positive and I've been doing that for about 15 years and before that I was running a group called the Academy of Light so I've been showcasing new world teachers for about 20 25 years and also teaching energy healing for about that time and so having spoken to so many people you see that same story with many people the healers come into the contrast of life like a lot they don't kind of many of them it's a bit different with the younger ones who just who like the kids and even the people in their 20s and 30s who just wake up and they don't have to necessarily bump up against all the trauma and tragedy that's available on planet earth so uh yeah but often you know healers or light workers or starseeds or light weavers or whatever you want to call yourself who have volunteered to come into this dimension for that shift that we're going through will come into families that hold a lot of distortion on their lineage and then they'll take on that distortion, but they'll do the healing on themselves. And as we do the healing on ourselves, we do so for our whole DNA lineage, you know, past, present and future. And that's really the job of the light worker, the starseed, the volunteer, the wanderer, whatever you want to call us. We're the ones that do the healing. As I watch people in my family came into a very dysfunctional family just hate each other and just stay in that hatred and never like want to clean that up and then get sick and get cancer and die. They, they reach for healing through an allopathic system that will alleviate symptoms, but they won't reach for any sort of inner healing. And the starseeds or the healers or the lightworkers or lightweavers will do that inner work. will ask the big questions. will say, why does this happen? How can this be shifted? And we're the ones (laughs) that are moving humanity forward into a next level of human consciousness with our questions and our discovery of who we are as these multidimensional extensions of source, having access to exalted wisdom and knowledge and information and and healing here on planet Earth, having spoken to so many different people across the world, so many experiences who... um, know that they come from different planets and uh, as we all do really and talking to my guides who incorporate beings from other planets we are a very low level of consciousness compared to the cosmos like we think we're so intelligent us humans but we are just preschool we're just learning what's possible like what's possible jules and i were talking about i don't i don't think it was during the recording i think it was after we finished recording You know, I'm listening to experiences that are taken up on ships, abduction experiences, and they say, you know, the aliens walk through the walls. And to the human mind, that's impossible. But is it? Like, is it impossible? Years ago when I was showcasing New old Teachers through the Academy of Light, which was our Monday night group, there was a guy that came out from the States who identified himself as a starseed, someone who had come from a different planet. And I was so impressed with him. I saw him, I, I sponsored him a talk, and then I had a group in my house so many years ago. I can't even remember his name, Ken. I think his first name was Ken. Um, and he did that. He said, I'm going to show you how I can merge into the wall. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I was really much more skeptical in those days. So I didn't believe it could happen. And I didn't see him merge into the wall. But he said that he could do it, which was something that opened my mind that that sort of thing is possible. Like, that is possible. This guy reckons he can merge into a wall, like okay, that so he's pretty you know certain about that. So this must be possible in his reality. This must be possible, and I think that as seekers and awakening teachers, new world teachers, and star seeds and super what do you, what's the name of this super superhumans as awakening superhumans, you know when we listen to people's stories of the impossibility. It puts into our psyche what is what is what what is possible. And then we start asking that, those questions. That's possible. Is it possible for me? And how can that happen? So we hear stories of out-of-body experiences and people talking to their galactic friends or their spirit guides or their, the NDE experiences or miraculous healing experiences, a bit like yours. It gives us that knowing that this is possible and then we're on a path of, if it's possible for them, how can that be possible for me? And that's so expansive. That's just so expansive for people on planet Earth at this time. Have I gone off track? So I yeah. asked millions of questions in my early twenties. Uh, long story. Started doing. I, I guess health was the thing that was on my mind because I'd seen Mum suffer so much. Did a you know six year full time naturop- naturopathy course. And at the end of that, had a baby and opened a furniture and homeware shop because I didn't see anything that I thought was going to change the world. I did think that the um, education of anatomy and physiology was so important. And I wondered why I didn't learn it in school, like to understand how this human vehicle that we drive operates. Like, why weren't we taught this in school? Why is this an extra like all that stuff I learned in school, that's not going to help me in my life. Why didn't someone show me how my body works? A little bit of biology, but I found the education of how the body works fascinating. Mm -hmm. And as a agnostic kid grew up in a family that didn't believe in any sort of religion or spirituality. The first thought I had in regards to a higher intelligence, what some people call God was studying the body Mm -hmm. because I thought, who designed this? Like, this vehicle is so incredible. And there were so many holes. Like, I remember my anatomy teacher, who was amazing. She was one of these women that said she knew how to put a knitting needle through her arm and pull it out, and there'd be no hole or anything. You know, that's, but I think that she was talking to kids, like I was young at the time, that didn't understand that sort of possibility. So she didn't go into that, but she did mention it one day. And now I wish as a young girl, I wish I'd asked him more about that, but then I was just trying to get up, get up my, my head around physiology. But it, there were so many holes, like doctors or scientists don't understand why this happens or why that happens or why this happens. I just remember there were so many holes in the understanding of how the physical and physiology of the body works and the intelligence of this system, the system that we're wearing, this computer system, this incredible divine system just made me think for the first time, what intelligence designed this? And that was the beginning to me seeking answers around that. Yeah, so I sought, I found, and here we are. Uh-huh. In a
0: nutshell. <laughs> the, what, a, what a perfect place to! Uh, so much of what you said is so directly related to your DMT code that you got, which is. Uh-huh. The pioneer, the seeker through DNA intelligence. I mean, literally, you just summed all that up with your journey. So, and these were all randomly selected, I have to say. So it just, it's always so perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and hold it up. So this is the seeker, the pioneer through DNA intelligence. It's also uh, unraveling the DNA distortion of, you know, those genetic patterns or lineage that we all carry around, it's, it's really bringing it into the frequency of source. And then what is it? So that is your code. So Karan, what does that spark in you? I feel like you've covered some of it, but let's just, let's just maybe where, where your journey, when you started actually teaching, let's go to that space because such a big part of what you do is this code.
1: Yeah, well, the journey was seeking asking and seeking uh, obviously I did that sort of five six years of studying naturopathy we had a few teachers that came in that presented beyond that sort of linear headspace that just you know rote learning headspace one woman woman that had had an it was a class Took after um, dying, and I think I can't remember how she died. It was so many years ago. She, I was giving birth, but she was in hospital. She was sick, and she remembers dropping her body as if we'd take off a piece of clothing in the night. You know when we go to bed, and she had as much connection to that body as we do to the, you know, the top or the t-shirt or the dress that we take off and throw on the side of the bed or, you know, hang up in the closet or whatever. And I remember thinking, wow, that's fascinating. That's really fascinating. And um, so that, those sort of people kept me seeking. And in my thirties, I started doing energy healing workshops, trying to understand healing from an energy level, not from that sort of, um, this is after I had got married, had a baby and opened and closed a furniture and homeware shop in between courses. (laughs) And, 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 And then I started teaching what I had learned from these courses. And I think that as you practice this stuff, you learn so much more than you ever learn in a course, like than you ever learn in a course, like just going in so remote viewing, going into people's bodies and looking at their energy field. And you can just literally look at the energy structure of the organs and you can do a diagnosis with that. Like you can be a human um, x-ray machine, a human x-ray machine. It's amazing what we can do with our consciousness and uh, and then connecting to guides. One of the courses I did got me really connected to my guides in that the technique was to go up and talk to God from her vernacular, go up and talk to God. So that God that she talked about, I identified as my spiritual team, I suppose, which I believe is all when, whenever we reach out and speak to God, like there was a guy I had on the show that used to heal the land. And, and I said to, he was talking to the nature spirits and he said, no, no, I'm talking to God. So people love to talk to God, but there are so many aspects. Like what part of God are you talking to the element, elemental you know, nature spirits of the world and helping heal the, the land? Are you talking to the intelligence of the body? Are you talking to your galactic guides, the Arcturians, the Palladians? Are you talking to your dead relatives or your higher self? Like there's so many aspects that we can call God. But with the DNA thing that you're talking about, one night I was sitting up in bed and I asked this question, closed my eyes, what do I look like when I'm not in this body? Expecting to see an energy orb, like an energy imprint, some Mm -hmm. sort of energy, colours and light and movement. And I, I don't know what I really expected, but I asked the question with an open mind. And I had this image of this massive, triangular bright green manted head right like like he was looking nose to nose with me and it gave me a shock I went like this like it was such a shock a couple of things I think happened I think that my guys were having a real joke with me because I was not expecting to see this massive green sort of manted head like a prey mantis, and um and I asked you know what who are the mantids and what do they do and how they connected to me And what you've said with that code is exactly how they're connected. They are the architects of the DNA. Like they are the architects of the universe. They're such a highly intelligent, ancient, 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 ancient um, galactic lineage. And uh, they are the scientists of the cosmos really, and the architects of the DNA. So when I thought about my history, like like I, I had spoken to you, of seeking healing and how healing works, Then I realised why I had manted guides and why the guides had put this great big green manted head right in my face. It gave me such a shock. But, yeah, so there are many galactic guides that are overseeing this planet that are helping us with different aspects of our evolution, consciousness evolution. When I talk to the Arcturians, they're really about the mental consciousness um, evolution. The greys have shown me how we as humans are so unfocused we're so um we're such children in the way we are operating our human brain and they showed me the way that they use telepathy and Mm. it's just amazing and you know call this superhuman this this sort of fits into that but at the same time I'd love to say that this is, this is human, like we don't have to be super to do this, but most people don't know how to do this, including me. So with telepathy streams, they can like, a bit like this Zoom call, there's only two of us online, but if there is a group of people online, they can send different um, mental streams of information to different people all at once, simultaneously, and like have a conversation <laughs> With a dozen people, maybe hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, different conversations because of the capacity, the agility, the control, the capability they have over their mental construct and their consciousness construct. And so they've shown me that. And and when I say the greys showed me that, I think that across the cosmos, that is the default setting for many Uh, highly advanced civilizations that they have that control over their mental capacity and as humans like people say meditate and, and then they go no my mind just goes crazy and I can't kind of get a hold of my mind it just drives me crazy it's like we're just we're just learning to have some sort of dominion over these thoughts our thoughts and our mind and how to focus thought how to focus thought I mean, some of the great explanations of how we focus thought are in our sports people. You hear that, you know, they focus on winning and then they tune everything else out and they just focus on this. And then it's like, how did you get the, the you know, the, the award or whatever? And they'll talk about that focus. But that's just one stream of thought, one focus, one idea, one focus, one thing to do. Whereas the high, highly evolved civilizations can do that on multiple levels of consciousness in multi dimensions, like you
0: know, I'm getting with that as you're talking about it, because I have a fascination with um, like high level athletics, and oh. so I know that a lot of times when people get to that place where, you know you're saying they're focusing on the win, but also to be at a high level, like we're talking, you know, high performance. So either NFL, you know, whatever, that kind of level is that they have practiced the behavior of what it is to be at a high level of an athlete. So when they're in performance or they're in a game, their body takes over. So they're not thinking, oh, what am I going to do? They're just their body, I call it becoming consciously unconscious, but that's what I I think this is really fascinating because it's what you're talking about, but it's what we can do in every aspect of our life that once we train ourselves to actually let the intelligence of our body take over, then we're just kind of, we can do all these other things at the same time. It kind of takes out the no, It's no space, no time, right? We take out your aspect of thought.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I've been playing with this. I've been playing this with this for years, but just over the Christmas period, I, I had some pain in my leg, which got pretty intense. So I've always got a bit of a sore knee and I just tell myself I'm overweight, not fit enough because I have a very sedentary lifestyle because I'm doing this all day and like get up, walk, exercise, do something, do something. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And then some days like this weeks go by and I haven't exercised. So I'm just beating up on myself. But I'm talking to my guides the whole time. about. So I have stairs in my house. And as I go to ascend the stairs, there's a thought, oh, my sore knees. And as I focus on my body, every step hurts. But if when I'm busy, like I've got something to do, I run up and down those stairs and my body doesn't hurt at all because I'm focused on something else, right? And the body intelligence takes over, as you say. And I'm like, right. So as I'm focusing on healing my body, I'm not healing my body. Does that make sense? Like as I'm focusing on how do I fix this pain, the pain is more there is more present because the focus is on what's wrong instead of on something else. Yeah.
0: I feel like there's something really key here that I want to bring in because what we're talking about is shifting focus into something that's at a higher vibration, right? Like usually, or it's just distraction if you want to, but it's in distraction in I'm not focused on this. I'm focused on this. And you know, now quantum physics is proving that what we focus on becomes reality. So there's something in that around, well, because I'm hearing this and this is what I butt up against a lot in the collective is, well, doesn't that mean we're denying ourselves that we're in pain? And for me, I feel like the pain is there to show you. So you know what to shift into, not to hang out there for a long period of time. So I'd love to go into that conversation because I feel like it's really valuable because I feel like so many people get stuck here. Oh, well, I have to know the why. And I have to know this and I have to know this. And then like 20 years later, they're still finding more why's. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. I know the the mindset is, the paradigm is, you know, conditioned by the allopathic industry is that pain represents disease in your body. So then you go to the doctor and you get a diagnosis and, you know, more tests and more tests and you talk about it more and you talk about the healing and it just, it all just expands. And so that, that um, aren't you being uh, irresponsible, not listening to the pain because you could have cancer or you could, You know, there could be something really wrong. And if there's something really wrong, then you need to have it seen to. That's the mindset, which is I have had cancer. Like I've been there. I've had, I've had really, I've had, you know, gallstones be released. I've had kidney stones being released. I've had lots of things happen to me but i haven't ever gone into that allopathic system and every time i do i remember one time i called the ambulance because i was so much in so much pain and they, they couldn't do anything for me in the moment they just couldn't but i went into that fear being indoctrinated from that system like what if you're going to die you need to get this seen it's like and then as i as i fall for it i go god i fell for it and i know better but I still felt for it. <laughs> like I haven't done that for a while. but um, yeah, in the last ten years, I've done that. But yeah, like pain is an indication to shift your consciousness. It is. It's an indication that you're in some frequency timeline reality that you can jump out of, you can jump out of if you want to, for sure, for sure. you can change your story.
0: I feel like people, I really invite people to really sit in this. It's so amazing to have a reflection in in this truth. You know, I do it with my spine every day, right? But there's right. other things too, because when we're shifting focus, we're also in order to shift focus, we kind of have to put our our mindset or our consciousness is probably a better way of saying it kind of in an abstract space, right? So we may be focusing on something, but in that we're also, we have a, a purpose, Or like for the athlete, it's to win. Well, the win is a higher frequency than maybe trying to figure out how they're gonna win. So it's the same thing with the body. If I'm gonna heal, I don't necessarily have, no, have to know how because I'm just gonna hold consciousness there and it's gonna show me how instead of trying to figure out how. Does
1: that make sense? <laughs> Absolutely. 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 I have a very curious mind. So I do ask my guides a lot of questions and they do answer it. Um, so I asked them about my weight. I said, why am I still holding fat on my body? And they said, you call it looping, habitual. It's a habitual, um, yeah, I guess it's an energy loop the way that you explain it, but it's a it's a an habitual pattern inside mm-hmm. my body. So when I was very young, um, when I was younger, well, you know, a lot younger, I was like, I had a lot of attention from sexual attention from men and I didn't like it. And so I put weight on my body as some sort of protection. And I remember when I was like 27, I got pregnant and there was this idea inside me that I was off limits now because I'm pregnant and I just dropped weight dramatically. So I understand why I was carrying the weight. So in my 60s, I don't have that problem anymore. (laughs) So why am I still holding the weight? And they've called it an energy, habitual energy pattern. You can call it an emotional loop. I think it's the same thing. I'm still in that emotional loop. But I was chatting to the guides about it. I said, so, you know, the curious mind said, so why am I still holding weight? Like, why? Because I was speaking to a friend on the phone the other day who had been sick recently and she dropped a lot of weight. And she said, um, I said, have you put on some weight? And she said, no. She said, I can eat as much as I like, and I just can't put on weight. And I remember thinking, gee, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> but and then I asked, why don't I have that problem? Because I can starve myself, and I don't lose weight. You know what I mean? So it's not about what we're doing; it's about the energy frequency, the pattern that's being held. It's, it's a holding pattern in your body. Yeah, I guess the looping is that is that correct to call that? You know what? It's holding pack the same thing.
0: What I see you doing is um, just asking that the spin state of your cells to speed up. And then that'll yeah. increase the frequency of your cells, and it'll also speed up your metabolism on more of a physical level. And then exploring that, obviously, with your guides and, oh, okay, so what's actually possible here? Because I do see you breaking through something. And I feel like that's why they're kind of, it's kind of holding you here so that you have to know every little step that it goes I know, into, I do. into <laughs> I somebody do. else. But that's yeah. wonderful because there's so many people that, that's, that are in that space. And we're, right. we're trained to do it in these ways that, you know, I'm going to say we have to do something, right? We obviously have to do something. We can't just take the magic pill or ask for a frequency to be turned on. And then all of a sudden we're like, I feel like we're getting there. We're going to get to a place where it's going to go from one to 10 that way. But I feel like for the way showers like you, we're given the step-by-step and so we have to integrate in each step so that it's like the six minute mile so that once you do it and you teach it to somebody else they can do it a lot easier
1: yes I agree with you and it's a bit like I don't know if we were having this conversation before we hit the recording so once you experience it as your reality then you have to find ways in which to teach it so that it can land in somebody else's experiential reality as well because teaching from an intellectual level is one thing having the understanding of it doesn't necessarily mean that that's your experience Mm. so how do you teach someone something so that it's their experience I think that in our um, conversation on my podcast I was sharing that you know I've seen many amazing healers who've had these incredible stories of of healing cancer like one woman had this big cancerous you know mass in her abdomen and it's shrunk in like six weeks and there was a whole lot of stuff going wrong in her life and she shifted and everything changed. And then she created this energy modality and was trying to teach people how to do it. And, um, it wasn't landing, even though that she was teaching them what she did, it wasn't having the same effect on some people. So why, 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 you know, there's so many whys and full of whys. Why does one person heal and another person doesn't? And, uh, yeah. So, how do you teach something so that it lands in a way that they have that same experience? But as far as taking a pill, I have um, had one guy on the show about eight times. he his his spirit guide takes him in his astral form and flies him around the universe and shows him all this stuff so that and gives him full memory of it so that he can um, share this information with humanity. and he goes to different planets and you know he does he's written five books about his experiences. One of the ones was he went to a planet, which is a human civilization, much more evolved than ours. And they had loved the ritual of eating. Remember you said in the podcast that as we um, attune to the body intelligence, we'll we'll stop the necessity for eating. Well, they had moved into that uh, evolutionary stage, but they enjoyed the ritual and the social aspects of eating. So they had kept that as a part of their society, it was a completely vegan society, but they had a lot of. And I spoke to him probably about ten years ago, and they had a lot of meat-looking substances. Like it looked like you were eating meat, but um, but it was all vegetable product. And now, ten years later, where we have that product here on Earth, you know, like we have so many vegan substitutes. But anyway, they did have this pill. They had designed a pill that shifted their metabolism. And there was no obesity, no overweight on their planet because this pill um, made their metabolism metabolise everything they ate so they could eat to their heart's content and nobody ever got fat. And Garnet, who was a little bit overweight at the time, was like, can I take this pill back to earth? And they said, no, you can't take this pill back to earth. They said, in your future, you will discover this same technology. But it is a something else that you take that you can physically take. But then again, we can do that with alignment of consciousness, right? We can do the same thing. Yeah.
0: That's what I see you doing is tuning into that pill and just bringing that frequency into your body. I, right. Right. Yeah. There's something interesting. Okay. So I was thinking we went in our conversation the other day, we talked about Breatharians and like in that. And I was, I've been I always sit and think about that. Like, is that the next step for me. And I keep hearing no, no, no. And mm-hmm. there's a part of me that wants to because it it's very open and and but I keep hearing no, because the purpose is to go beyond energy exchange altogether. You can't move from one energy exchange to the other. There's no purpose in doing that. And so of course part of me wants to resist in that and all the reasons you could think about why that would be but what they kept showing me, or what the the intelligence in my body kept showing me is that one to ten what you're talking about. It's it's that your body's already in a frequency where you're not eating. The point isn't to go from this to to breathing because in that body you're not breathing either. So that would be like practicing not breathing like it doesn't make any sense. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, now I get it. But I love that you were saying that about this planet that is still because they enjoyed the eating. And that's what they showed me is that even though you're going to be able to hold consciousness here, but if you want to still have the experience of eating, you can, but the body is still in a vibration above that. And that's what I heard when you were saying that. So I thought it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I think the social ritual was what they really enjoyed because eating was such, you know, we get together to eat, like come over and have lunch, you know, meet the lunch. Like it's such the social ritual, that that eating brings people together. And I think that that's what they wanted to keep as their planet evolved, even though they evolved out of the need to actually still eat. They wanted that social ritual and, and the enjoyment of food too. I, I you know, the enjoyment of food, like you look at, you look at our television programs, I've got a friend who, who's obsessed with cooking shows, she watches them, she never cooks anything, but she loves watching the cooking shows. And I don't enjoy watching cooking shows. But when I go, she lives in the country, when I go and visit her, there are the cooking shows. So I've watched a few of these cooking shows and there's so much creativity in this whole cooking ritual. just I can't imagine that this planet, with all that we've invested in food in many ways, will ever be a breatharian planet. (laughs) Not in the next few thousand years anyway, because there's so much enjoyment, ritual, creativity involved in the whole food thinking thing. But I've thought about how much time we put into food like we've got to buy it and prepare it and cook it and store it and like there's so much time that imagine how much time you your life would be freed up if if you weren't eating like you'd have so much time on your hands (laughs) if you're not eating you're not preparing food you're not eating it you're not buying it like even if you buy on the internet you still have to get on there and you know like there's just so much time we put into into uh, the whole food ritual yeah But yeah, so you can hold that same frequency and still indulge in that eating ritual for sure. Anything's possible, right? Anything is possible. There are no rules. When you hear a spiritual teacher say, you know, in order to ascend, you have to like, you know, only do this or only eat this or don't eat that food or don't eat this food. There are no rules. I think in the conversation that we had, you know, as, as empaths, as psychics, as healers that have that access to um to energies to frequencies all around us and some of us you know some of us have suffered from that when you tap into the intelligence of source energy there's no need you can access anything any frequency any dimension any vibration and you don't need to suffer from it you can access it like you can access the the hell realms you can go there and see it i often think about how fascinated humans are with horror movies you know like why do people want to be so scared because that that aspect of them that source energy aspect of them wants to explore those frequencies those those feelings like we want to explore what it is to be scared we want to explore what it is to be terrified to be frightened yeah, and so Hollywood makes a fortune from making you know, scary movies and theme parks make a fortune from terrifying people because humans are wanting it like, or souls having human expressions are wanting that experience. So when you understand that you are that expression of source, exploring all these vibrations, you, you can enjoy all of them like you enjoy a horror movie. You can enjoy all of it. So you can go anywhere and be with anyone and not suffer from it. Yeah, anything's possible. No rules. I think in the Seth books I read in my 20s, Seth says, which is an energy stream of consciousness channeling through a woman called Jane Roberts in the 60s, Seth said there are only two rules to life. The first rule is you create your own reality, and the second rule is there are no limits. mm.
0: Superhuman superpowers are real.
1: Yeah, <laughs> our isn't.
0: own limitation is is us, right? That's the right. Is what we put on ourselves.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So
0: beautiful. Well, Karen. So I'm going to open it up to if there's something that we haven't talked about that you would like to to shift to or something you'd like to share.
1: Well, there's a lot of things we haven't talked about. There's so many things we could talk about. Uh, normally, I talk about, you know, how to be a deliberate creator, how to like, how to shift your thinking to a higher vibration by making choices, by choosing a better thought over the other. Uh, that's a big part of what I teach because we're so focused on the negative. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I had a chat, a catch up with a client the other day, and we were talking about that, and she's been a client for a long time and she was a teacher for a long time and you know she had some struggles and now that she's retired and she's really got nothing to struggle over she noticed how her thoughts were on this loop of negativity something to complain about something to worry about something to be concerned about which when she was younger she had things to worry about she had a dying mother and she had this happening in the sun and this happening in the school and she went through covid where she was teaching black screens on zoom i mean it unbelievable teachers you know being locked up looking at black screens like the kids couldn't turn the cameras on because they didn't have enough into like she had a lot of things to complain about but she noticed that when she retired and life was cushy how that looping was still there that 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 habitual thought of worry concern you know like um and so she did the camino walk and noticed was noticing her thoughts and then as she became more aware of her thoughts she could consciously shift them so that's a lot of what I talk about, being, being aware of how we're flowing our energy, which is how we're thinking, and being deliberate and in consciously shifting our thinking so that we're more in alignment with a higher vibration. And as we are, then, law of attraction, you know, law of attraction is happening all the time. It's not, not happening. So depending on the frequency bandwidth we're on, we're only available To experiences on that bandwidth but as we shift that bandwidth to high and high we're available to more experience on different levels of vibrational bandwidth and uh, that is this you know miraculous healing that we're talking about and and things just happening in your life like synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity i think when i was listening to deepak years ago he called it synchro destiny (laughs) like you have a thought and it just shows up like i think about stuff and then i have a conversation with someone on my show and we're having the same conversation that i was thinking about like i'm like synchronicity it's just amazing how when you're in a different higher vibrational fa- bandwidth how life becomes this miraculous miraculous playground of synchronicity even with all the chaos that's happening in the world you can create a miraculous life by by being really deliberate and shifting that looping, that habitual thought pattern to a different frequency. So that's what I normally talk about and show, you know, share people how to do that. But I just love you, Jules. I just, you're just so there. And I love having discussions with people like you that are just at the next level. It just, I find that so exciting, that next level of consciousness uh, and understanding. Because as I say, I've been having conversations with new old teachers for like 25 years. And um, having a conversation with you is so exciting. So thank you so much for coming on my show and for also having me on this uh, summit. It's been beautiful.
0: Oh, thank you. You know, and I'll put the the link to um, the show that I did on yours in the show notes as well. So if people because we keep referring back to that, so if anybody is interested, great
1: conversation.
0: <laughs> definitely go there and definitely like and subscribe to um, Karen's YouTube channel there as well. Um, I feel like, is there like a little process that you want to share before we end the conversation? I just what maybe just to bring people a little into your work.
1: Well, it's all about decision. I, I think, I don't know if we did it on the recording. I was talking about when I was young. Yeah, we, it was before we hit the recording. When I was young, I was an asthmatic my whole life and suffered from um, hay fever my whole childhood life. And I'm in my early 20s. I'm about 22, 23 And I left the house one day and I had forgotten my puffer and I had an asthma attack with the anxiety of not having my puffer with me thinking, what if I have an asthma attack and I don't have my puffer? That gave me an asthma attack. And I drove home to get the puffer. And I remember thinking, I can't live like this. I'm not going to live like this. I made this decision and never had an asthma attack again. So with Jules, I was talking about, I didn't shift my consciousness and then I didn't, I wasn't enlightened. Like all my thoughts weren't aligned with happy thoughts at that stage because I was still young. And, and wondering and suffering and, and overcoming my DNA lineage of not enough. And as I said, I saw my mother die young because she was so hating. Her. I, I had a lot of anger. My family, so I was carrying all that. So I did. Light and body too. Instantly, just I can't live like this. I'm not doing this. It's over, and it stopped. It just stopped. I have to say, with the hay fever, it didn't stop instantly. It stopped gradually, and even the dust mites in in clothes um, for many years would make me sneeze. And uh, but then that stopped too. Like that just absolutely stopped. So it's the process is that decision in the moment that you feel bad. You ask yourself, what am I thinking that's creating this frequency of this emotion of bad? And then make a decision. Is this what I choose to live? Is this what I, how I'm creating my life? And when you make that decision, and it helps you shift your consciousness because you ask your guidance, like, what can I think that feels better? Mm. It's just given to you. It's like, think about this. They'll show you that it's like everyone has guidance you don't have to be psychic to have guidance we all have imagination we all have a connection to our higher self our soul our team our spiritual teams but it it has to come on our decision because we are free there is free will here so we have the freedom to choose what we experience i can experience this or i can experience that so it's in that decision making process that we create our reality and that is the decision of what i'm thinking so i'm angry at someone I hate them. I'm having all these negative thoughts. Is this how I want to feel? Is this how I want to live my life? Is this what I want to create more of in the future? And when you make that decision, that's a no, then what else, like you say, ask that question, what else is possible? Then you get those feelings, those inspirations of forgiveness and everything's okay. And I remember doing this with my stepmother when my father died. She wouldn't let my brother speak at his funeral because she was paying for the funeral. And I was so angry when I hung up the phone, you know, that red hot anger where you don't shout or yell, you're just, just (laughs) steaming inside. And I started to get instantly sick. My throat started to seize, my nose started to run. Like I started to ache all over my body as I was indulging in this anger. And then that pain, that experience gave me that, like, is this what I want to do? Like my anger at her is not affecting her. It might be. But it's affecting me more potently. So I made a decision, no. And then I found new ways of thinking about her. First of all, it was acceptance. Then it was kindness. Then it was loving. And, and then I um, you know, I, I had that access to my guidance, which made me just totally let go of that anger. And, and my body just completely shifted in that moment. Like all the symptoms that were coming on just left. And then the next morning, uh, she had changed her mind and allowed my brother to speak because I rang the priest to say, can you override this? Can you let him speak? And he's like, she's paying for the funeral. I can't do anything. And then my brother said to me, I had a conversation with him afterwards. I would have spoken anyway, even if she didn't let me. I just would have got up and spoken. <laughs> and I thought, oh, right, <laughs> you know, like, right. I didn't need to interfere in any of this, but. Just the experience of being angry at her and seeing how it was directly affecting, it was instant, directly affecting my physical state and then letting go of that anger and, and seeing all those symptoms disappear. But that was a decision. Like I could have stayed angry and I i would have been right. It's like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? This is the decisions we want to make. you want to be right or do you want to be happy? So yeah, that's the process I would ask people to ask them ask yourself what you want to experience in this moment
0: i love that and i love how just as you are telling this story how conscious you were in the shift because a lot of people would not be conscious of that right and you immediately became conscious of oh and then you went through the whole process so that awareness is everything and that's in that awareness brings choice and what a beautiful choice to choose happiness over being right (laughs) yeah
1: the choice like you can stay there if you want to experience the anger and illness like stay there it's just a choice you know from like we talked about this from source energy there is no judgment like if you want to create illness and depression and disease and you know if you want to create this yeah that's that's your choice that's what you come to earth to experience if that's what you want to experience go for it but you know is that what you want to experience and i think that the people that are tuning into my shows and tuning in teaching and tuning into your summit they are conscious they are you know they are here to mop up conscious to help of human evolution where we're making different choices. So we've played in the density for long enough. And now when we shift our consciousness to a new level, now what can we experience? Now what can we play with? You know, it's Groundhog Day as far as the death and disease. And I mean, everyone's going to die if they choose to, (laughs) because you say you don't have to. But um, like we've played there and now we're going to play in a new, another dimension, a new experience. And and, yeah, there's like, Societies, we can build societies and you know travel across the universe. It's just so much that we can play with. There's so many places to go. We don't have to get stuck in the old, in the old swimming around in hatred and resentment and anger and you know not talking to people and being so much time trying to overcome illness. Like, there's so many people on earth that are just spending all their time overcoming pain and illness. Yeah, well, the pharmaceutical in- industries, yeah, <laughs> makes trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars that's got to change yeah that's going to change yeah
0: and I feel like the kind of where is your focus right that's such a a, once you have the awareness you have a choice and then you have focus and what we can do in that and what we can explore in that I think is even more important is what are the possibilities over what is probable and then we can make what's possible probable and then we keep going and keep going and that's what it is exactly. to be superhuman
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and you know I love the name superhuman but I also love to think that that's what it is to be human too like we don't have to be special or super in order to do all these amazing things we just have to be focused and conscious and aware and yeah yeah and that doesn't take superpowers. Like we are superhuman. I mean, we are superhuman. When you see the new kids that have these superhuman powers, there's so many people coming out now, you know, that have the ability to consciously astral travel at will and, and discover all these dimensions. I think we all have the ability, we all astral travel at night, like we're all popping out of our body at night, but it's that That connection to consciousness that gives us the awareness and the memory of that and where we go and what we can the information we can bring through in this life like we can project our consciousness and you know like see inside bodies and like yeah we can do anything it's all we are superhuman but do we have to label it so can we can this be a part of being human like
0: I feel I totally agree with what you're saying and I think that What I love about it is that where you see the super, the superpower, what do you call it? Super, I don't know. What do you call it on the shows when they have superpowers? Yeah, they
1: have superpowers. (laughs) but you know, Hollywood shows, they only use their superpowers to kill each other, like, or to to fight crime. It's like.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the drama behind it. But I feel like what, what it's actually showing us is what we really are right yeah that we're yeah. the violence but that we already have it's just where we're holding consciousness right yeah, it's yeah. we in the looping cycle of what we've agreed to or are we exploring the possibilities and in the possibilities we are more than we are now right we're already that but we yeah. are holding consciousness there and so like the telepathy and the the all of the different things that your guides show us like we already are that yep. and we just haven't mastered it consciously and that's right. where we're going next and i know we are and it's exciting
1: yeah <laughs> education and focus like the gray showed me you're so on you're so unfocused uh, in your in your mental capacity one of the my favorite films of all time is the green mile have you ever seen that
0: oh i love that
1: yes i know and I love that he that's that's the those powers those without he wasn't fighting crime even though he was put in jail you know he was wrongly he was a black man wrongly accused of murder but he was a healer and all these he does all these amazing healing I just love that I just love that I just love that movie so watch it yeah I love
0: it too (laughs) we could
1: we could talk all day long but I'll I'll let you go Thank
0: thank
1: you so much
0: Let's sum it up. So, takeaways is awareness, choice, focus. And those three things are a pathway to really moving out of whatever experience you're becoming aware of that maybe you want to shift, you know. And if it's one that you don't, then whatever, elevate it, right? It's just, it, it is the space of becoming. How do I say it? experiencing what's next for human evolution really it's just like i keep hearing it's like it's just basic human evolution this is how we're going to get to the place where all of the 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 grays are like hmm (laughs) when are they gonna catch up
1: (laughs) when are they gonna catch up yeah yeah the cosmos when's humanity gonna catch up we're getting there again you know're we're, we're doing so much with our technology but it's that consciousness component that we're lagging behind and it's up to us all those people listening to this you know we are the way showers we are the ones we've been waiting for as we do it in our lives we make it possible and available for others to follow so as we make choices to live better to experience an, a new reality you give that choice to everyone to everyone else because we're connected so yeah we are the we are the way showers yeah
0: Love mm-hmm. that. I have a saying, it's, um, I am the way, I am the one, I am the first. And then you can put whatever there. And then, of course, when we're as a group, it's, we are the ones, we are the way, we are the first. And then you can dive into what the first of what. And the, then we're always exploring what you could be the first to ever do. Like the wow. second mile, right? The first. Yeah whatever. So it's kind of fun to play in. Yeah. Karen, this has been so amazing. I love you. I love hanging out with you. I love having conversations with you. So why don't you just do a quick shout shout out to your website? And then we'll also have all this information in the show notes as well.
1: Well, karenswain.com, you'll see it um behind me is the website it's a very old website people say why don't you get a new website i'm like oh yeah yeah there's so <laughs> much information on this website because i've been doing this for so long uploading so there's like there's just so much to see on that website so there's like years and years of conversations with experiences and new world teachers on the website there's lots of videos of me talking about this stuff there's just so much to explore on the website and i also do private sessions and talk to like who you are, why you're here. I call myself um, acclimator, activator, accentuator of the new world teachers, people who like the way showers. So I tune into your soul's purpose, why you're here, what you're here to bring, how you're going to do that. And yeah, lots to do. So we have groups as well where I have a group once a month, which is not recorded. Um, it's just for people to get together and talk about this stuff called the inner sanctum. And Once or twice a month, I um, have a guest teacher, someone I've had from the show. I'd love to invite you, Jules, to come and um, talk to the group. It's live streamed on all the different platforms for the most part. And then we turn off the live streaming and people can ask questions without being on camera or being recorded if they have questions to ask. Because I find that Americans aren't like this, but Australians are. They're reticent in sort of coming forward and asking questions. They'll have the question, but they're like, Oh, I don't want to seem stupid or I don't want to, is that a stupid, you know, like I don't want to be filmed or whatever. So I turn off the filming so that people feel free to to ask any question they have. And, um, yeah, so that's called The Inner Sanctum. So lots to see on the website. And I look forward to diving into your work further. Just fascinating. <laughs>
0: Well, everything that you just mentioned all sounds so amazing. So definitely reach out to Karen and her brilliance is just shining through so, so beautifully. Your guides did such an amazing job speaking through you. You can feel their frequency and the frequency that you hold in your heart. So thank you for bringing your light and your wisdom for us today.
1: Thanks, darling. I look forward to hearing your other speakers as well on the summit.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in until next time. We're sending you lots of love and a great big hug.